When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 0105. This is SENZ, your summer breakfast with Mitch McLennigan and Ricardo Ball. You enjoy that? Um, it, Mitch? I'm just conscious that we've got Trent on the line. Um, and I don't know if that's the best introduction <laughs> for such a great man um, onto our show. Um, so, oh, yes, well, welcome in, Trent. Um, we've got Trent Copeland calling in from Australia. He's part of the Channel 7 uh, production team of the Ashes at the minute. Former um, test bowler himself. Yep, three tests for Australia. Uh, prolific wicket taker for New South Wales in, in state cricket. Uh, still playing as well, aren't you, Trent? Yeah, I am. Good morning, guys. Cricket nuffy, best way to describe me. <laughs> true, true. That's true. Um, so if you're watching any coverage, Trent's, uh, Trent's the man who does all the stuff on the screen. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so he's your... your uh, we, not just bowling analysis, are you? I see you, you take your bat to work now as well. Yeah, well, my job is, you know, analysing the game and really the, the, the goal of what I do on our production is Cricket is a uh, an interesting game to watch, particularly in the last sort of ten, fifteen years. I think has been spoken about uh, largely by a lot of cricketers in cricket lingo. So I'm trying to you know help break that down to people who don't actually watch the game, but even people who do know the game intricately, explain some of the more unique things about cricket, why things happen. Uh, a lot of people see how things happen, when things happen, but I'm trying to break down the why, and it's it's great fun to be honest. I, I learn stuff every day myself. Yeah, and it's, and it's good. I mean, obviously you've got it. You've got a first class ton yourself as well, Trent, um, which is probably more than we could be said for uh, my compatriot here in the studio. That um, can't be true. He that does. can't He's be true. Is that true, Trent? Yeah, that was uh, quite some time ago, and I'm glad you brought it up because 
at the minute I can barely know which end to hold. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the Auckland coach, Mark O'Donnell, who used to be the New Zealand batting coach on uh, the other day, uh, he used to coach Mitch a lot, and he said he could never get him out of the nets. He always wanted to have a bat. He was always always on the other end of the bat. He's a, was, do you think Mitch McClanagan's a, a, a frustrated six? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we all are, aren't we? Anybody yeah, bats down below, right. down towards number nine, ten, we all think, come on, how hard is it for you batters? Give us a chance, get us up there. <laughs> oh. When it actually comes about, then we're in big stuff. Yeah, oh. that, that new ball moves around a bit more than, than we think, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mind you, when I seen the bowl at the boys down the other end, like Marnus and Steve Smith in domestic cricket, I don't have too much trouble dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty solid. Oh, those are two of your best uh, test cricketers. Um, I guess you, your your job is to analyse and basically, in better words, your words better than mine, dumb it down a bit uh, for people. But uh, is dumbing down uh, Usman's Kawaja's innings yesterday to bloody amazing? Is that is that <laughs> going too far? Oh no, no, it's really not. And I was lucky enough to be on commentary when that came up and seeing Rach and Aisha in the crowd, his wife and daughter, I genuinely came off air about an over later with tears in my eyes, borderline crying on air. It was that, you know, that meaningful, that moment in a home test, I last Scotty Boland last week at the MCG and the significance uh, with Indigenous culture in Australia and things like that. This was very different in, in a number of ways, but still so significant. It was bloody amazing to watch. And, you know, just to have a guy come in to our team, much like Scotty Boland, step in, know that it might be one game, and then 100, he held the innings together. It's been crucial, crucial to Australia's chances. Yeah, uh, Trent, I mean, it's... It's been fantastic. It's been some great stories this summer. You know, as you mentioned, Uzi coming and scoring that ton yesterday. Scotty Boland uh, with with his performance as well with the ball, but possibly the best, uh, I, I guess, turnaround of the of the summer so far is we've got to day three of an Ashes Test and the Poms haven't lost a wicket yet. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a great point. And we've been talking about the pitches and things like that, but. Uh, you know what, I actually love Stuart Broad in the press conference last night. Actually, both of the guys, Usman Kawaja as well, so frank and honest. He came in the presser and he said, well, yep, we bowled well. Yep, we might have picked the right team. But I'll tell you what, if we keep getting bowled out for 140, we're not winning anything. So it's, <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? It's been yeah, disappointing summer for England. And you think of Joe Root and his exploits in the last calendar year, you know, record-breaking numbers. He's got no one to go with him. He must be... I was waiting for him at the MCG at the non-striker's end just to drop the bat. When he sees, <laughs> when he just lose the block. happening down the other end. He's like, any danger of you blokes going with me? Uh, do an Antonio Brown. Just, just yeah, walk, exactly. Walk out halfway take, through Take the, the kid off halfway <laughs> through. Uh, I guess um, the wicket to me, it didn't look uh, super easy to bat on, but the Aussies made it look really good. I, I thought, what was your take on the English bowling? I thought they bowled uh, pretty well in patches. Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, well, Stuart Broad is one man that, I mean, I'm sure, Mitch, you watch on and think, how on earth has he not played in two games this summer? Uh, I just was baffled at the Gabba. Then you see the pitch at Melbourne. Even if you had a preconceived idea that you might, OK, let's get Jack Leach back into it because we probably made a mistake and didn't play him in Adelaide. Mm. And you get there and you see the pitch. The Aussies win the toss and bowl first, which is unique. And you don't pick Stuart Broad on that pitch. It just, to me, has been baffling. But yesterday, 
uh, in particular with the second new ball when he broke that partnership of Smith and Kawaja. To me, he was the difference between England drifting away and the Aussies getting you know, 500 uh, or it actually being a contest. So, yes, they were better. The lengths have been better, but broad to me is standout. Well, his numbers against um, David Warner in particular, who's such a, a key to the top order, particularly with um, uh, out-of-form Marcus Harris coming into this series, um, you know, it's it's nonsensical that he wasn't picked. I mean, what are they saving him for? It's like he's he's pretty close to retiring anyway. You may as well just flog, flog him until he, until he breaks, really. I think you're absolutely right. But I, I guess is there any question, because you guys are travelling so well over there at the moment. Is there any question over Cameron Green um, and his batting form? I mean, he's picked in, in my opinion, looking at the, the setup as a, as a batting all-rounder as opposed to a bowling all-rounder. He seems to be doing a lot more with the ball than with the bat. Yeah, it's an interesting question and it's probably one that has been brought up far too often in Australian teams in the last little while since probably Shane Watson retired. Mm. Uh, and we've been fortunate that we've had some talented players. Mitch Marsh, in particular, in the last three months, has started to just take off in world cricket. The World Cup was just amazing. But Cam Green, in domestic cricket, averages 50 in you know, first-class cricket. There's basically no one around doing that. Even some of the best players in our country that a lot of people know and love, Usman Kawaja's one, you know, that doesn't average that in first-class cricket. Um, so... He's certainly capable, but he's in a bit of a rut form-wise and looks like uh, Ricky Ponting's done a bit of analysis on the tentative nature, getting caught uncertainty around the off stump. Yeah. The great thing, though, Mitch, as you mentioned, you've noticed his bowling. I think he can be an elite test bowler. What he's got in his armoury, eight-foot release point, swings the ball away, he's got a really nice wrist and he bowls 145 he's bowling gas. <laughs> he's bowling gas. Yeah, exactly right. And he's the one who's probably troubled Joe Root the most in this series, one of the world's best players. So that's the beauty of an all-rounder, that he can provide that uh, solidarity to the bowling order and particularly his own you know, selection case when his form with the bat hasn't been great. So he probably gets an extra couple of test matches, particularly while the Aussies are winning. Again, good. Uh, but with Mitch Marsh breathing down his neck, certainly going to be a conversation. Well, I always find it um, really good when you introduce someone who's in form like a Mitch Marsh into that test side. You see you see whether they can compete against each other and you see whether Cameron Green can can deal with that pressure, much as Aussie did with, uh, with Travis Head scoring all those runs. You think Travis Head is a little bit nervous now? No, I, I don't. And mainly because, you know, numerous people, Pat, before, Pat Cummins before the test match, and even Uzi last night was one of the questions in the presser, and he said, no, I fully expect to be dropped for the next test in Hobart, uh, which is, you know, it is the brutal nature of sport, but my best comparison for you would be uh, Scotty Boland's scenario, six for seven on debut last week, the yeah. absolute hero of the week, but if Josh Hazelwood's fit, I he don't think he plays this game. Yeah. So it's one of the brutalities of professional sport, but uh, the great strength in depth of our domestic game and uh, you know, it's not just those guys. It's Michael Nisa, Jai Richardson that have stepped in during the summer. And even back at the start of the summer, it was a decision between Usman and Travis Head for the number five spot. Travis comes in, and I think because of how good Usman was going, you know, that drives Trav on to be so mm. successful. So great times in Australian cricket. Yeah, very much so. Now, we mentioned uh, Broad versus Warner. 13th time Broad's got Warner out in tests. Who's the biggest bunny in your career, Trent? That you just every time you, you you know you saw this guy coming, you went, oh yeah, here's a walking wicket. Oh, 
Well, there's not many, mate, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> it, there's probably statistically a few, but every time I bowl to guys, it's, it's like a, a goldfish memory type scenario. It's like, uh, let's just play the game in front of us. I, so statistically, I don't know. Um, young guy, Will Bazisto, who's played a bit for WA and South Australia, has probably copped the brunt of coming in in difficult <laughs> scenarios every time I've been, been rolling with the ball. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, very much a forget everything else in the moment sort of guy. Um, and Trent, um, what's your gut feel for today, mate? Um, do you think the English are going to put up a fight? I think they will, yeah. And it's it's going to be interesting. We're, we've been talking about the pitch having more pace in it, but there's been some platelets appearing, uh, some balls staying low, and that's going to be sort of my morning analysis this morning on the coverage is uh, the difficulty, and we're sort of rolling in the extreme example with Louis when Curtly Ambrose knocked him over at the Wacker with a ball that rolled along the ground. That's sort of the challenge that's in front of England uh, moving forward. I think, you know, A, they've got some form issues, but B, if the ball starts to creep a little low from the Aussie quicks, then they're going to have some dramas. But hopefully, first and foremost, we get rain staying away. It's been bloody frustrating in Sydney. Um, and then, obviously, the Jane McGrath Day, you know, the pink mm. test. Obviously, hopefully everyone digs into their pockets and supports such a great cause. Yeah, too right. Uh, we are, I don't know if you, you wouldn't have heard because you're obviously in Australia, but we're, we're trying to make a decision. We're doing a 25-leg multi. Um, and what, what what's the game we need to know, Ricardo? We, we want a bit of a stare on this one, uh, Trent. Uh, I know you follow your NFL a bit. Uh, the Rams are playing the 49ers on Monday morning. The Rams are in the playoffs. They cannot change position, so they are a lock. The 49ers, though, need to win because if they don't and the New Orleans Saints get up over the Falcons, then they're out of the playoffs. 49ers are two sixty-five outsiders. The Rams are $1.43 favourites. I'm saying we, we chuck the forty our, our money on the Niners and chuck it in our multi. Uh, Mitch, is a, Mitch is a bit hesitant. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I like it, to be honest. And you could see in this week 18, it's an extra extra regular season game compared to previous years in the NFL. Teams that are locked into their seedings and are carrying niggles in particularly their key skill position players. I think you might see a few guys rest. Um, so we might see a Cooper Cup, who's been the leading receiver in the entire NFL, maybe play less snaps and things like that. The only thing that worries me is Matt Stafford's been in a bit of a funk. So is this the game that he tries to get right pre-playoffs, uh, which could throw a bit of a spanner in the works there? But I'm with you. If Jimmy Garoppolo's fit again, and certainly Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers want to aim up and get in the playoffs, uh, this could be the week. So I'm with you there. I'd be on the Niners, even though I'm, I'm a bit biased because I'm a fan. Oh, well, I was oh, going to ask you who your team was. Perfect game. There you perfect go. Perfect game to ask you about. <laughs> good stuff, Trent. Hey, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, good to chat. Uh, I know you've got a busy day ahead of you, so uh, good luck with your Channel 7 coverage, buddy, and uh, keep up the good work with the ball as well, eh? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Cheers, Cheers mate. Uh, Trent Copeland there, uh, New South Wales bowler, former Aussie Test bowler, and uh, part of the Channel 7 broadcast team as well. It is 16 past 10 here on your summer breakfast with Mitch and Ricardo. Thanks for the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Up next, we're talking to Phoenix women's player Kelly Brown. 